What does it mean to be an emerging leader in 2023? Our guest, Eddie Turner, has a new angle on this question. Find out more. Join us for episode 269 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right next to me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to have you with us again. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas to help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and, of course, their companies to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, Pam, we're hearing from many CEOs and other top executives who tell us that developing leadership is important, but it can be a real challenge to identify and develop emerging leaders because they say they don't have the right people in place. The right people in place. And this can leave everyone scrambling when the need arises. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't wait until the last moment to promote people into leadership roles. (laughs) No. I've seen too many situations where people were not developed to the point where they could succeed, and it caused great problems for everybody. Yeah. So what about if we redefine who the right people really could be? Yes. So we need to look at this issue from a new angle. Yeah. That's why we're glad to be speaking today with Eddie Turner, an in-demand leadership development expert and a principal consultant and executive coach at Linkage Incorporated which is a Society for Human Resource Management company. He's an award-winning speaker and author who says he's changing the face of leadership and helping to create better workplaces and a better world. Eddie comes to us courtesy of another Growth Igniters Radio guest, Dr. Gina Cox. She said, we have to speak with Eddie, and we did. And we are, and we're so glad. Eddie has been listed at the top of a number of distinguished lists. He's a certified speaking professional, CSP, and ranked in the top 10 of the top 30 list of motivational speakers by Global Gurus. Forbes recognized Eddie as the preeminent author on emerging leaders. He's ranked number 18 on the top 25 thought leaders in leadership by Thinkers 360 and number 13 on the power list of top 200 biggest voices in leadership to watch in 2023. The International Federation for Learning Development named Eddie one of the top 25 mentors on the globe in 2022. Eddie has appeared in national print, radio, and television media, such as the Wall Street Journal, CNN, Fox News, PBS, NPR, and ABC. Okay. He's also worked as a national media commentator. On top of that, Eddie is the internationally best-selling author of the book, 140 Simple Messages to Guide Emerging Leaders. He's a C-suite advisor who studied leadership and organizational behavior at Northwestern University, same as me, earning a Bachelor of Science. 
Eddie also holds an executive certificate in public leadership from the Harvard Kennedy School. You can read much more about Eddie's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 269, and scrolling down to his bio. Eddie, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, Pam. Hello, Scott. Thank you for having me. It is so wonderful to be with you here on the Growth Igniters Radio. And I have to say a special thank you to Dr. Jenna Cox for introducing me to you two. Yes, we always love it when people who are guests are introducing us to new people who can be members of the community as well. You know, it just, it adds a lot of richness. Good people know good people. Exactly, exactly. Let's start out by talking about your book. What inspired you to write this? 140 Simple Messages to Guide Emerging Leaders. Well, That's a good question, Pam. And I must tell you that in hindsight, I should have wrote a simpler title. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I was going to call it Emerging Leaders. And for some reason, I thought that that just wasn't good enough. And I came up with this long title that I I would probably uh, title different today. But essentially, it was the outgrowth of two events that were occurring in my life at the time. I wanted to write a book that would help me as a coach and capture many of the statements that I make to clients. And quite frankly, even when I'm giving a a keynote speech, people I'm quoting in my speeches, I realize the great impact others have had on me. And I make a lot of statements that come from Eddie Turner, obviously, but a great number of statements I make, I'm quoting someone else. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to put all these in one place? The reason why I targeted emerging leaders is because at the time I had started working for one of the most innovative programs in the world that helped young people emerging as leaders on a college campus at Rice University in Houston, Texas. But it also aligned with my own viewpoint around what it means to be a leader. And I was working on redefining it at the time. And so all of that came together. And the ideal of having it as short, succinct messages was that I didn't know if people would read a long message, read a long book. And I wanted something that could be read in 10 to 15 minutes on a plane ride. It's interesting that you say that because we do hear a lot about how people have shorter and shorter attention spans. So you can just take bite-sized pieces and internalize them. A few things that uh, stick are better than one big, long, complex thing that doesn't. Now, in your book, in your writing, in your speaking, you've expressed a unique angle on identifying emerging leaders. We alluded to this as, as we opened this podcast. Maybe there are more leaders out there than people recognize. How does your angle help leaders go beyond the usual definition to find more potential? What happened is in my work in the human resources space, I was in the learning and talent development areas. Oftentimes, there was this slang term that was used. And that slang term was hypo. That's short for high potential. So my observation was that oftentimes you had a select group of employees who are identified as high potential. And oftentimes... They had the same background, the same educational achievements, et cetera. 
And I just thought, what about all these other individuals who are never getting a chance to be looked at? Mm-hmm. They don't meet the checklist. They weren't meeting the checklist. Yeah. What if we took a different view of others and what we consider to be potential? And so uh, a simple look at the dictionary reveals that this word emerge means to become known as, to come into view. How many people in an organization are becoming known as this, becoming known as that? So they may have the potential, but they may not be seen. Precisely. So becoming known as is one aspect of the definition, but the other aspect of the definition is coming into view. So as this person is developing skills, and expertise, experience, they're becoming known as the go-to person. They're becoming known as the authority, even though they, in some cases, may even still lack a formal title of authority in an organization. But they're becoming known as this, and they're coming into view. And that's what it means to emerge. And the idea of now being a leader without having a formal title, formal authority, that's a concept that I learned when I studied at the Harvard Kennedy School under Dr. Ronald Heifetz, the father of adaptive leadership. This idea of the emerging leader, in other words, we need to make sure that more of these people are coming into view, and there are a lot more leaders than we think. I like something else that you were talking about as well, where you say that it's more than just the younger people who could be leaders, emerging leaders. Let's talk briefly about that. What do you mean there? Indeed. Once you get a wider lens and not just look at a targeted group of the hypos, as identified, which often were an age demographic group of younger people, less than 30, uh, you start to understand that we have other people who are high potentials who, who need to emerge as leader in a new way. For example, what about the mom that takes time off work to have a new baby. She leaves the workforce and then she returns. Well, she needs to emerge as a leader again in a new way. It's not that she's an entry-level employee. It's not that she's forgotten the the, uh, skills and the craft uh, that she had, the expertise before giving a baby, but she now must re-emerge. The same is true for a, a person who reaches a point in their career and they realize, and this has happened with a couple of my lawyer friends, I don't like practicing law as an attorney anymore. I'd like to pursue this career. Well, this person has experience, has education. So when he goes to this other endeavor, it's not that this person is a novice, but they must now emerge in a new way in this new field. What's interesting about that, Eddie, is that what they bring from their previous life can actually add enormous richness that isn't typical of that new life. So bringing that potential out can be enormously powerful. Indeed. And there are others that I I mentioned. I ended up uh, coming up with a list of eight that I put in the book. And after COVID, I came out with a new one. And that article, that ended up in an article in Forbes magazine. And the new one that I introduced was the idea that even those who are senior leaders, as we all saw, They were governors, they were CEOs, accomplished people, clearly leading, clearly having authority and power, but even they found that they had to lead in a new way. Yes. They had to develop a new set of leadership skills. Yes. And so the idea of leading 
in a time of crisis, emerging as a leader as a time of crisis became the ninth area that I created after that. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we're talking about it because in 2023, that is the world we live in. And we spend a lot of time talking with people about the whole new world. We recently had a conversation with Todd Churches about that. It's a whole new world and it's going to keep changing. So I love this list. Maybe we can get a link to that article and put that we'll in do that. resources we'll do that. for Growth Igniters Radio. Absolutely. And Todd Church is also another great leader to listen to, watch, and follow. Yeah. Exactly. So let's go with this definition that you're using, your new angle. So the key to identifying more emerging leaders, what would you say that is at the highest of levels? Because we're going to jump off of this and talk about it in greater depth. The key is to widen your lens. Widen your lens as to who might be an emerging leader. And once we widen our lens, then that widens the possibility of who can qualify for that title. And so therefore, when a senior leader tells me that they're struggling to find emerging leaders in their organization, it's because they've only been looking in this one corner of the organization. But when they start to open the basket and expand that, who they can pull from, pick from, wow, what an illumination. And also the aspect of developing them is what has been the other challenge. And so there's a young lady, for example, in, an, in, in the organization, they needed someone to replace a role that was leaving the organization. And when they looked at this young woman who was recommended, they said, she's just an admin. Well, the response was, and I'll tell you because I gave the response. Okay. She's more than just an admin. Yeah. That just is such a limiting word. Yes. And so I said, not only is there nothing wrong with being an admin, but she's been in this position because no one else is giving her an opportunity. No one else is seeing more potential in her. Here's what I've observed in her. And I detailed those items. And the person she was going to be replacing was me. <laughs> okay. So I explained that I had taught her certain skills. I would worked with her. And I had 100% confidence that she can do everything I did just as good as I did. They said, no way. But I decided to uh, pursue the, the new role that I was going to pursue. I left the organization. They took my advice. They gave her the role. One thing led to another. And she became one of the top facilitators in the organization. She later on went on to complete her master's degree. And then left that organization because another organization stole her away. She took a top role in that organization. And then she left that organization because a bigger organization, one of the top five companies in the world, took her. And in addition to that, she now teaches that same skill that I taught her at one of the local universities here in the Houston, Texas area, all because I saw her emerging as a leader, she was able to get the opportunity and then she delivered. And now she's leading in a way that no one could have imagined. Wonderful. So we need to be open to taking people out of boxes, you yep. know, not, yes. not limiting people and 
keeping a broader mind. Absolutely. Question that checklist. Exactly. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with C-suite advisor, award-winning speaker, and best-selling author, Eddie Turner, on what it takes to identify, help, and develop more emerging leaders. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. As always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and long-term growth. It's so exciting to be well into our ninth year of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're proud that we've received top podcast recognition in both 2022 and in 2023. This year, we're having more conversations with CEOs and thought leaders like Eddie Turner, who are changing the face of business. And we're featuring more of our own quick take episodes as well. That's right. And if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, spread the good word and become a recommender. Just open Growth Igniters Radio and whatever podcast app you use and write a review. And feel free to share links to your favorite episodes, maybe this one, in your social media. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with executive advisor, award-winning speaker, and best-selling author, Eddie Turner, about taking a new angle on developing emerging leaders. Eddie, tell us how people can find out more about you, your book, your advisory services, the work you're doing with Linkage. All things, Eddie. Yes, absolutely. Well, I would first say that I'm a principal consultant executive coach at Linkage, as you mentioned. Uh, Linkage is changing the face of leadership. That's the company's tagline. But then we were acquired by SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management, one of the top organizations in the world when it comes to all things HR. And their tagline is creating better places in a better world. And so I combine the two and say that's what I'm doing as a, a person privileged to be working there. So you can find me on uh, the SHRM website or the Linkage website. Uh, my personal website is simply askeddieturner.com. I spell Eddie, E-D-D-I-E. So askeddieturner.com. And of course, you can type my name into any social media that you use. And I'd love to connect with you. And as uh, Pam and Scott would say, follow this podcast, follow this radio (laughs) show and tag them on social media and share your favorite episodes because they're doing great work. Oh, we appreciate that, Eddie. Eddie. Thank you. You can find out more information and links to this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 269, and scrolling down to resources. You know, Eddie, one of the things I really appreciate is the way that you were talking about linkage and representing the taglines and everything else that they stand for, because I think that it's important for people to have that, you know, the personal ownership of whatever their company is that they are working with. And you're exemplifying that you are yourself and you are part of an organization that is doing amazing work. So thank you for joining us on that. Let's go back to talking about looking beyond the box. 
in the first segment, we were talking about how an emerging leader is the traditional definition for sure. And yet in 2023, we need to take a broader view. Yeah. Of course, you have a very interesting story as well. Many people know it, but there are a lot of people who still are learning it. So how does this definition apply to you? Thank you, Pam. I'll answer that by also drawing from what you just mentioned. The linkage's tagline is changing the face of leadership. Well, as we discussed, my work around emerging leadership focuses heavily on looking at a different candidate for leadership than we might have otherwise looked at. So when I was given an opportunity to work for Linkage, they were initially my client. And after about a year and a half, they asked me when I come on full-time. So now I'm a full-time employee. I, I did so because our missions aligned so nicely because it was all about looking at different faces for leadership. And the idea that for a long time, for example, uh, you could not be a CEO if you were not over six feet tall, <laughs> male, mm, right? right? Yes. And yes. Caucasian. Well, now fast forward to 2023, that seems preposterous, right? Now mm -hmm. we see women in uh, leadership positions uh, and so many other people given that opportunity. And so in my own case, what took place is I spent the first 15 years of my career in IT. And I was an individual who excelled at what I did. And that was a benefit to me and a detriment because every time I wanted to post for a new role, two things happened. Number one, I was told there was no one who could replace me. While flattering, it was limiting. Exactly. Yes. So that became a challenge. The other challenge came is that I did not have a degree. And that uh, pushback after hearing that long enough and often enough, it sent me back to school. And I started to look for just the quickest program I could finish. Actually, I did look for the quickest program I could finish, and I was going to do that. But I was working at GE at the time. And my uh, senior leader said, no, you're going to go to University of Chicago or Northwestern, because that's all we're going to respect. And so my decision was made. I selected Northwestern. And that's how I became a fellow alumnus with my alumna here, Pam. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a great school, yeah, to be sure. It is a great school, and it changed my life, literally. And so part of what happened is uh, one of the guest lecturers came. His name was Bob Dean, and he looked at me, and he said, you're not a normal IT guy. You've got a personality. <laughs> oh. Okay. And so Bob was the first person who looked at me and saw that I could do more than what I was doing. I loved IT. I'm still IT geek at heart. But what I also loved was leadership. And I didn't know it at that time in those words. I didn't know that I couldn't articulate it. But when Bob started, he took me under his wing. He taught me, he, at the time, he was the global leader for talent development for the top executive search firm in the world. And so he taught me the business of learning and talent development. Oh. Uh -huh. He saw something no one else could see. And that's why I'm doing the work I do today, because he gave me a chance to lead in a new way. And while I did not have a leadership position, I was leading without authority. As later on, I would, I would begin to learn through Dr. Heifetz what that was. At the time, I didn't know it. And I, would, I had an audience with the CEO at the organization, and I was able to do incredible work around the globe as a result. Eddie, I, I like that uh, you mentioned this ability to lead without authority. You've also talked about influencing without power. And two real hallmarks of a leader, whether they're recognized or not, 
And this really hinges upon going beyond just intelligence and, and technical knowledge into emotional intelligence. And you talk about that. Tell us a little bit about those attributes of EQ and how to look for that in emerging leaders. Indeed. And that makes all the difference, uh, Scott, to your point. You know, this idea of measuring how intelligent someone is, how smart someone is, uh, came about, I guess, in the 1940s or so. And so the idea of your intelligence quotient, your IQ became a big thing. And so people were fascinated and, and perhaps even perhaps more enamored with the idea of knowing their IQ score and you know, this is my value to the world. And it's regulated by our test results, our scores. It, it gives us a certain level of confidence and we feel credibility. And then later on, what people began to understand is that's only one measurement of success. In fact, you can have a highly intelligent person, but they're horrible with people. They are just toxic for an organization. And something else is needed. Well, that something else that was discovered is this ideal of your emotional intelligence, your EQ. And one person said it quite nicely. I don't know who it is, so I can't give attribution. Uh, but he said, IQ gets you through school. EQ gets you through life. Uh, that is That's great. wonderful. Yes. Yeah. And, and that is because at a certain point, and I saw this at the top organizations I worked for, everybody went to the best school. Everybody had high IQs. What started to separate the great leaders was their EQ, how they were treating people, how they left people feeling after interaction with them, how they were able to lead people. Even when you have a position of formal authority, people will, will not necessarily do what you say because of that. But when you have high levels of emotional intelligence, people will do what you say because they willingly want to. And so EQ is the underestimated skill of many leaders. In fact, in the Wall Street Journal just yesterday, they ran an article about the top career mistakes that people have ever made. And on this list, when they interviewed real people, one of the items that people talked about was over-focusing on their technical skills. I had to have all the credentials. I had to be the best. But they realized what held them back was not focusing on their soft skills. The soft skills that people felt, wow, that doesn't matter. <laughs> and so, yes, that's a, it's, a, it's a real differentiator of leaders of the 21st century. It really is so important because ultimately, as you say, it's about relationships and our ability to influence and to also work together and allow ourselves at times to be influenced by others. You know, Absolutely. nobody knows it all. Everybody works together. And for that reason... I keep going back to your definition that experienced leaders can also be emerging leaders for that reason. We don't know it all. We're constantly out there. Let's take this definition and everything you're saying here. If experienced leaders, like many of the people who listen to this podcast, want to continue to develop themselves as well as help develop others as emerging leaders... What's the most important thing to be clear about at a very high level? And we'll continue this conversation after the break. So don't worry about that. But what, what's the one thing? Realize you don't know what you don't know. Hmm. You said it nicely there that sometimes people feel like they know everything. 
And in the old days, old days meaning, you know, back in the 1950s, 1960s, one of the things you did is you guarded knowledge. You know, I remember my dad said, never teach somebody everything you know, because then, you know, they can take your job. Well, in the 21st century, that's not the case. Knowledge is abundant. It's exponentially available. You have this thing called, uh, what's it, Google? <laughs> <laughs> so knowledge is available freely and quickly. So the idea of hoarding knowledge does someone no good. You don't know everything, and a leader needs to understand that they don't know everything. I work with leaders who never picked up books since they left high school or college. They're living off what they learned years ago. So when a leader doesn't understand the need to continuously develop themselves through reading, some kind of reading program, uh, keeping up with current events, uh, going back and getting continuous formal education, whatever it takes, that's where leaders get into trouble. And that's why I say they don't know what they don't know. I love that, Eddie. I think it's so important. It's true. We we work with CEOs and C-suite executives and corporate directors. And I've been privileged to meet people who at every single one of those levels keeps going back to learn more, to learn more, to learn more, because we don't know what's coming at us, what's going to come at us. And all we know is that we need to keep learning. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with executive advisor, speaker, and award-winning author, Eddie Turner, about immediately useful ideas for developing emerging leaders. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? Yeah. As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? Well, that's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with executive advisor, speaker, and author Eddie Turner about new ways to look at identifying and developing emerging leaders. Eddie, remind us how people can find out more about you, linkage, your advisory services with them, all things Eddie Turner. Thanks, Pam. Visit AskEddieTurner.com. There you'll have a link to all my social media connections. And Linkage is available at LinkageInc.com. Uh, we are a Sherm company, S-H-R-M.com. 
And you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 269, and scrolling down to resources. So, Eddie, we are at the point in our episode where we talk about immediately useful, practical ideas. And in this case, it's for developing emerging leaders in a whole new way that you're describing this different angle. And we'll discuss these ideas one at a time. What is the first idea? So if somebody doesn't have an Eddie Turner to work with, what can somebody do to begin to develop themselves as an emerging leader? Number one is to never get complacent. When we're complacent, we feel like we're good enough. We've done enough. Never feel that way. And if you don't feel that way, then you're going to actively take steps to develop. How do we develop? Number one, continuous learning. Whatever that looks like for you as a leader, that's what you need to do. There's a plethora of ways to continuously learn. Invest in one of those. There are no-cost options, low-cost options, and then certainly uh, significantly more uh, options. But take one of those. That's great. Building on that, you were talking about how people focus on knowledge and information. Something that really hit me was between the lines, you were really talking about developing wisdom. Wisdom is different from knowledge. Absolutely. And wisdom is what really distinguishes a, a great leader. Yes. Knowledge is you have a grasp of facts and stats. Right. Right. But then wisdom is knowing how to use it, how to apply it in the right circumstances at the right time in the right way. Wonderful. So what's the second uh, immediately useful idea, Eddie? Find a coach, mentor and sponsor. Right. You need three, you know, you need those three people in your life. The mentor, someone who's done the job before and they'll tell you how they did it, how they were successful. It may or may not work for you. But it's good to have a mentor, and I think you need three. You need someone at your place of employment and who does exactly what you do. You need someone at your place of employment whose position completely out of your division department who can help you have a bigger view of the organization and therefore other opportunities that may exist. And the third mentor needs to be somebody completely outside of your company, but in your industry. So they have a wider lens even more so. And then finally, I think also you should probably have somebody who's just completely outside of all of that who mentors you. The coach is different. The coach does not tell you precisely what to do. The coach pulls out what's best in you and guides you. And therefore, you're developing in a way that you would not develop under a mentor. Last, as Carla Harris says, you'll go far in your life with skills and expertise but you won't go far. You won't go as far as you want without a sponsor. And I found that to be very true in my case. I didn't go any place until, and I didn't have this language at the time. I ended up getting a sponsor and that sponsor was Bob, who I mentioned earlier, who opens the door for you. That person puts their seal of approval on you, their signature on you. And now other people will take notice because no matter how good you are, other than that, you're not getting anywhere. So that sponsor puts their capital and their social credibility on you and allows you to then reach your full potential. So, Eddie, how do you find a sponsor? Because I can understand all the others, but saying, you're going to be my sponsor, it yeah. doesn't happen that way. Can you help us here? 
An individual wants to develop relationships inside their organization. And so when I'm saying a sponsor, this one specifically is inside the organization. Oh, okay. In your organization, there are individuals who are known to have the power and the authority to make things happen. We're not just talking about somebody that likes you. Who is it that has the power? So then how do you get to know them? Is there an opportunity at the company town hall when those are in person <laughs> to go up to that individual afterwards? Is there an opportunity in other cases inside the organization? Be it, hey, we're going to be working on building communities uh, houses for community of uh, Habitat for Humanity this weekend, or we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Oftentimes, you'll find senior leaders at those events, and in a in a in, in a in a situation that is not as formal as your normal workplace environment, you can casually strike up that conversation and ask that person to do that for you. Oh, uh-huh. so if you are say, a corporate director or a CEO already, and there isn't really anybody else inside your organization, per se, who can sponsor you, what I hear you saying is go outside your organization and find others who might be at one of those places, Habitat for Humanity or wherever. Is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is that inside of an organization, when an individual is trying to get to that next promotion, get to that next level, they're trying to grow their career, you need someone who can pull you up. Then that right. person acts as your sponsor inside the organization. And then how do you get to them? And I was I was giving the example of a weekend project for uh, building houses for Habitat for Humanity or a food drive is often where you might come into a point where you can access those senior people who you normally might not have access to. So informal ways of getting to them. Another way uh, could be that if that person is active, say, on LinkedIn, uh, they post on LinkedIn, you can respond to that post and start that conversation that way as well. Absolutely. In the case of some senior leaders, they're not doing that or they're not directly responding to their own posts. They have someone doing that for them. But it's certainly any method you can use works. That's fabulous. So what is a third immediately useful idea for developing emerging leaders, whether it's somebody who's up and coming and or yourself? I wrote an article in Forbes, and it was the outgrowth of what happened when I was an employee inside an organization. I would often pay for uh, myself to attend conferences or go back for education, be it a certificate or whatever it may be. And someone said to me, why do you do this? Why don't you wait for the company to pay? And I said, I'm not going to wait for someone else to invest in me. I'm going to develop Eddie. And so the article I wrote for Forbes or the post I wrote was, don't wait for the company to pay. Number one, the company may not be able to pay. And a lot of organizations, especially now, they've cut back on what they invest in in you as an individual. I personally have made it my goal to take 10% of my earnings and to invest in myself every year, some type of an educational endeavor that puts me in a better place this year than I was last year. So whatever that looks like for you, can you invest in yourself? Find out what are your gaps? What are your weaknesses? You know them because someone has told you on your review at work, perhaps a family member has highlighted for you, or you just know yourself. Whatever your weekend, shore up that weakness by investing in some type of a formal program to educate yourself and take yourself to the next level. Okay. So here we are. It's the end of the uh, episode. This has been a great conversation. Can you leave us with some final thoughts with regard to developing 
emerging leaders in 2023 and beyond? Everyone is or should be emerging as a leader. Okay. Okay. Well, Eddie, thank you so much for being our guest today on Growth Igniters Radio. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm Scott. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure to be with you. Oh, yes. Thanks, Eddie. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, including links to those Forbes articles that Eddie was talking about, go to growthignitersradio.com. Select episode 269. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about and act upon. What can I do differently starting today to develop emerging leaders, including myself, to learn and grow in 2023 and beyond? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.